What's up, Pistown Pals? This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. We're broadcasting out of the well-fortified Sentinel Bunker, sponsored by the DSA Accelerationist Caucus. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. You know, we, we start off a lot of shows by apologizing for some noise that nobody can ever hear, whether it's the uh, gutting of the, the place next door or the dog Simpson barking next door. Um, this time we'll give a warning that intern Nate is making a goddamn sandwich <laughs> as we're recording right now. So uh, if you hear um, someone yell out, shit, fuck, shit. <laughs> It's because Nate spilled something or dropped something on the floor. If if you hear someone drop a broom behind the should oven, we explain this story? Should we? Yeah, we definitely should. We're working in the newsroom yesterday, and Nate has a complete meltdown in the kitchen, and that was because I guess someone took the microwave rack out of the microwave and placed it on the counter, and Nate knocked it, and it fell behind the uh, the the stove, oven. Yeah, <laughs> and both. Yeah. It fell behind there. He couldn't get it out. So the he's, unit. he's flipping out. And then he, I guess, came up with a brilliant idea to use a broom to get it out. He drops the broom behind the oven, stove, whatever. And the, the meltdown reaches another level. Guess which was harder to get out, by the way. It was, it was the broom. Yeah. Once the SAMs were deployed on the case, we got the rack out very fast by using a wire coat hanger. But the broom that Nate dropped behind the fucking oven was a bit tougher. It was. It was. It's 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 an important lesson about keeping your cool yeah. and, and the importance of it. Nate thought that the house would get burned down if something was left behind the oven. Nate also said that when when the broom and the rack were dropped, he said he he said that at least in the broom's case, he was like, oh, and, and then the broom fell down in, in the <laughs> passive voice. Somehow, somehow the broom fell down. <sighs> That's what it's like. I know people crave that intern Nate content. It's good to update everyone. Uh, and what's going on there. Well, uh, we also have a short show today. Not we, so short, because we've uh, made up a lot of time by talking about Intern Nate. Well, <laughs> so, I mean... A it, normal, a normal <laughs> length guess. show. But, uh, the, the, I mean, the, the usual stream of content wasn't there for us because the federal government is closed today. Uh, and we normally don't work when the federal government is closed yeah we usually take those days off when when there's a severe weather thing um or on on a a holiday like uh, memorial day even though we we don't spend any time actually remembering the troops but we're working today because the federal government is closed on account of george hw bush's funeral which we uh, don't consider a legitimate reason we don't no we don't recognize it as as anything you know i'm i'm not saying that if you work for the if you're a civil servant you should show up at your agency <laughs> office today no don't no enjoy the day off yes. but things are it's a little more of a gray area for us so we're going to we're going to scab today because we fucking hate george h w bush and we hate yeah. all the uh all the hagiography and the and the the self-flagellation that's going on by, well, there is by one. journalists over his his funeral it's just so repugnant it makes me want to vomit the hagiography uh has been somewhat limited this time around because there is one less 
one, I guess, uh, diminished voice in the conservative movement, <laughs> memorializing <laughs> George H.W. Bush. Uh, the Weekly Standard looks like it's on its way out. Looks like we're going to outlive those fuckers. That would be fantastic. I was I was about to tweet at them from the Sentinel account to laugh, but we we are also scared that some uh, some repugnant billionaire, other repugnant billionaire who isn't Philip Anschutz, will save uh, the Weekly Standard. Yeah, uh, it's a pretty safe bet that there is some deep pocketed conservative ghoul who will make it his pet project. Yep. Or even I could see some awful fucking liberal billionaire, too, getting involved just because it's like, oh, the discourse, oh, the discourse. Must protect the discourse. All right, it's Wednesday, December You want to protect the discourse, give us a bunch of money on Patreon. How about that? <laughs> that is good. Patreon.com slash District Sentinel. It's Wednesday, December 5th, 2018. Here's the news. <laughs> Discovery will proceed in a case alleging that Donald Trump is violating the U.S. Constitution each and every day he's in office by accepting foreign emoluments at his hotel in Washington, D.C. This is the provision in the Constitution that forbids the president and other U.S. government and military officials from accepting gifts, benefits, titles, or emoluments from foreign government entities. Trump operates a hotel in Washington, D.C., and it's been well documented that the hotel is frequented by foreign delegations coming to D.C., and they're explicit about doing it in order to curry favor with the administration. That sounds an awful lot like an emolument. Attorneys General for Maryland and D.C. filed suit against Trump, alleging the emolument violation, also noting that local businesses are put at a disadvantage by Trump, using the power of his presidency to boost his hotel's profits. A judge on Monday moved the case forward by setting a schedule for discovery that was over the objection of DOJ lawyers who said that discovery would be a distraction for the president, who golfs every weekend. <laughs> this, is, this reminds me of our uh, running <laughs> shtick about Kavanaugh having yeah. to coach <laughs> girls basketball. Too busy. On Tuesday, the plaintiffs in the case unleashed a flurry of subpoenas against the president and his holdings. According to Courthouse News, 37 entities have been targeted in the subpoenas. Ooh, I, I think we're about to see more Ivanka emails. Hmm, that'd be nice. That would be nice. That includes 13 Trump-owned private businesses, DJT Holdings, the Trump Organization, Trump International Hotels Management Member Corporation, Trump International Hotels Management, Trump Old Post Office, Trump Old Post Office Member Corporation, Jesus. Trump Organization LLC, just to name uh, <laughs> a few of them. Nothing shady going on here no, at all. No. <laughs> State and federal income tax returns for those uh, businesses have also been subpoenaed. So too were government agencies like the GSA, which actually owns the property that Trump's D.C. hotel is on. It's the old post office building. It's a national landmark, so Trump can't own it. He just leases it. I, I remember when, when that happened a few years ago. Even that was bad. Yeah. But this was before Trump was, was the president. Yeah. The uh, subpoenas are directed at finding out how much money the hotel is making from foreign governments, where that money is going, and how it's affecting nearby businesses. Look, the moral of the story is folks are outraged, as they should be, that Trump was using his presidential campaign to make enormous profits, putting his name on a hotel in Moscow, or at least trying to. Well, here he is using the actual White House to boost actual profits at his D.C. hotel. Failing D.C. hotel. 
Is it failing? Probably. It should it be. Was, it was. Yeah, well, it has shitty restaurants and shitty service. I remember I, I that. can't imagine it was doing well until he uh, started becoming someone who you had to curry favor with. Yeah. 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 So Trump is right now using the White House to boost profits at his shitty hotel through the patronage of foreign governments. The failing Trump hotel. <laughs> Sorry, I, I can never do a Trump voice. I should never try to do a Trump voice. But now we have that on the record now. Okay, moving on. This one is coming from across the pond because British lawmakers are doing a job that their American counterparts are reluctant to do. A parliamentary investigation in the UK has revealed that Facebook executive... Facebook executives have discussed selling people's data despite repeated pledges not to. British legislators released internal emails today from the company. MP Damien Collins, the chair of the committee conducting the inquiry, said that the messages show Facebook appeared to give preferential access to users' data to certain companies. Quote, Facebook have clearly entered into whitelisting agreements with certain companies, which meant that after the platform changes in 2014-2015, they maintained full access to friends' data. Collins added, quote, It is not clear that there was any user consent for this, nor how Facebook decided which companies should be whitelisted or not. After the Cambridge Analytica scandal, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg denied that the company hands off users' data to third parties. For some reason, we haven't been able to kick this notion for years that people think that we sell data to advertisers, Zuckerberg (laughs) said. We don't. Here's what Zuckerberg said in a 2012 email linking third-party access uh, uh, to users' data to company profits. Quote, I'm generally skeptical there is as much data leak strategic risk as you think. I think we leak info to developers, but I just can't think of any instances where that data has leaked from developer to developer and caused a real issue for us. Do you have examples of this? <laughs> the ba- this guy knows a lot about security of, here. Yeah, we, we do now. We, we do now yes. after the Cambridge Analytica scandal. I know this was four years before that, but uh, great foresight. Anyway, uh, Zuckerberg continued, quote, without limiting distribution or access to friends who use this app, I don't think we have any way to get developers to pay us at all besides offering payments and ad networks. That's funny. I remember when Zuckerberg testified before the Senate, he suggested that was all they did. Remember this? How do you sustain a business model in which users don't pay for your service? Senator, we run ads. I see. In a not unrelated note, Orrin Hatch is a very dumb motherfucker for asking that question. He should be very embarrassed for asking that question. He should fucking walk out and resign from his job as a powerful U.S. lawmaker for yeah. asking that very. He should be embarrassed for a number questions. of reasons. This the latest. Well, that did happen. Well, not the latest, but yeah, you're one, right. one of one of many. <laughs> yes. He has done shittier things since then. True. I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, Kavanaugh. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. He, he was a real fucking dick during that. This is the time of the show where we normally take a break to read haikus, but in order to do so, we need some new subscribers. So subscribe on patreon.com slash district sentinel. Five bucks a month. You help this little DC news co-op that we're building. We're here in DC so that you don't have to be. $5 a month, we'll write you a haiku, we'll read it on air. Patreon.com slash District Sentinel. Often on the show, we like to inform people how lucrative it can be to snitch, 
particularly against misbehaving financial companies, well, it's unfortunately not so lucrative to snitch against entities that are exterminating wildlife. A report published recently in the Earth Island Journal revealed that despite a congressional mandate on the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service to set up a whistleblower fund for folks to snitch on crimes against wildlife, the agency no longer has such a program and may never have had one. The odd thing is, it was mandated in a law in 1986, and the U.S. Congress has appropriated about $400,000 a year since 1988 to the agency explicitly for a whistleblower fund. There should be as much as $13 million in that fund, assuming they haven't paid out any to whistleblowers yet. But Steve Cohn, the executive director of the National Whistleblower Center, FOIAed the agency seeking records about the whistleblower program and any prizes it has awarded. Amazingly, U.S. Fish and Wildlife responded only accounting for about $13,000 in its whistleblower program, despite millions that have been earmarked for it. The agency also didn't disclose how any funds have been dispersed. Cohn- <laughs> $13 million just yeah. up and gone. We huh? got thirteen grand here. We can account for that. What the fuck? Cohn claims that the officials at the agency, quote, never publicized the whistleblower program. They never implemented it. They didn't even know where the money went. And this has real-world effects. One pointed to by the Earth Island Journal involved the vaquita, which is an adorable tiny dolphin with giant eyes. The vaquita is going extinct. It's like lost 50% of its population over the last decade. They get caught in fishnets being used illegally in vaquita habitats. Unfortunately, without a whistleblower program, there's not enough incentive to snitch on wildlife criminals who are killing off the vaquita. Also, where did that $13 million go? Great question. Someone just fucking walked off. Cone has followed up uh, with the department for more information. We'll see uh, so what, what that's, he learns. That's one we should uh, possibly keep an eye on. Moving on, finally, the Washington Post published a detailed piece yesterday afternoon on how Mick Mulvaney has totally undermined the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau as its temporary leader. The top-line stat from the investigation, CFPB enforcement actions dropped 75% under Mulvaney despite record complaints. We've talked about it on this show, about how the top White House aide has forced the CFPB to cease its investigation of Equifax, about how Mulvaney has dropped cases against payday lenders, and how the outgoing CEO of one of those lenders emailed Mulvaney her resume asking to become the next CFPB head. <laughs> the Post noted yesterday that Mulvaney also dropped cases against four payday lenders that set up shop on Indian reservations to circumvent state usury laws. In some cases, these lenders were charging people 950% interest on loans. Mulvaney let it slide. The Post also detailed how political appointees have undercut fines against debt collectors. One case involved the company National Credit Adjusters, which was accused of having, quote, allegedly impersonated law enforcement officers while collecting debts. Mm. Their penalty was cut from $60 million dollars to $800,000, $60 million to $800,000 by Mulvaney's lackey, Eric Blankenstein. That sounds kind of familiar. Uh, that name should sound familiar because in September, Blankenstein got in hot water for old blog posts. Why might that matter, uh, you might ask? Well, part of his official tasks involve overseeing anti-discrimination laws. The old blog post downplayed the impact of racial slurs. 
Hmm. So I, I would also think that uh, impersonating law enforcement officers should have more crimes than just a fine from the CFPB or from wherever. Yeah, that uh, that seems like it's a uh, it's kind of a it's kind of a big deal. But uh, you know, you know how it is in a, when if I walked into a Seven Eleven, yeah, pretending to be a cop. Demanding like access to certain things or their surveillance footage or something like that, and they found out I wasn't a cop. They'd probably call the cops. They probably yeah. I'd probably be arrested. Yes, you probably would. But in America, unfortunately, uh, if if you're poor and you you're owe a debt money, collector, you're, you can pretend to be anybody you want. It's just they. Yeah, it's 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 very fucked up. One more juicy tidbit from the Post story: Mulvaney has also pressed the agency's inspector general to go after leakers. In an all-staff email from April, he wrote, quote, I recognize there may well be some, a few, a lot of people who work here who aren't happy that I'm working here. That's fine. I also recognize that those folks might be interested in undermining my leadership here or in quite simply just trying to make me look bad. Again, that doesn't worry me too much. Uh, He added this, however, on people talking to journalists, quote, I have referred these matters to the inspector general for investigation. I am encouraged by the progress the IG has made on previous leaks and I'm confident they will be able to get to the bottom of these as well. End of quote. Ah, yes. The old classic, I'm not mad. I'm just referring you to the inspector general for investigation and I am encouraged by the progress. Uh, Anyway, I know House Democrats shouldn't be too obsessed with investigations next year, but they should be probing Mulvaney. They should be probing Mulvaney until they're blue in the face. An awful image, perhaps, but you know I'm right. You are right. Okay, that'll do it for the newscast today. Before we go, let's check out the listener rant line. Hey, Sam. Hey, Sam. It's Colin Barrett from Hawaii. Uh, living in New York City. Uh, just wanted to respond about the Eve Pizer Barry Weiss thing. Uh, I just find it really funny that she's doing the exact same shit again that she got famous for in the first place, which was writing a piece about matching on Tinder with Martin Shkreli and how she just really wanted to understand uh, how he thought and what his brain uh, was doing and uh, why he would do those things, uh, despite that being completely fucking obvious. Uh, he's a greedy, evil bastard. All right. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Bye. I'm unfamiliar with that Eve Pizer piece. I didn't. I didn't know that. Might have to uh, reread it in in light of recent events. But Probably yeah, not. yeah they, she, she already knew the answer going into that. I, I would assume. I would yeah. hope. Well, she didn't know the answer going into the Barry Weiss uh, bread baking date or whatever they did. Uh, Call the rant line 202-684-6108. Stop using the left to further your career. <laughs> Sponsors of the show. Thank you to our sponsor, the Congressional Dish Podcast, hosted by Jen Briney. Find it at congressionaldish.com. No newscast tomorrow. Uh, We'll be back next week with the newscast. We're here in D.C. so that you don't have to be.